welcome to the Odd Drunk Podcast. It is now time for spooks and moves, fears and beers of the spookiest time of the year. So grab your drinks, your tricks and treats, and prepare yourself for God damn it. Spooktober, we got our fun backgrounds. Welcome to the latest and the scariest of the Odd Drunk podcast. Ooh, sending shivers down your spine. Uh, uh, we Yeah, we kicked off Spooktober last week with our AI horror battles. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and who came out on top? Jason, right? Yeah, Jason Voorhees. So, hey, all you Jason fans should be happy. So, yeah. I, I was happy with the results. I think that, that was... it was interesting. Uh, I mean, AI pretty much, it made sense on most of that, um, which is, it's getting, it's get, it's too good now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyways, let's not get into AI talks. But um, I am your co-host jackson <laughs> and then there's your co-host colton yeah over uh, here on the other side of the screen of my screen uh <laughs> <laughs> honestly the next morning all of these will probably have video because yeah i was hung up on like trying to make a cool background or setup in real life but psh- just I'll virtual just, backgrounds. Just do the Zoom backgrounds. I, I don't Fuck even it. need a green screen. It would be much better with a green screen. <laughs> um, and I still still would probably get one because that would just be fun to just be like, hey, guys, here's my green screen. <laughs> Nothing weird about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, actually, you could just green screen your whole room. Yeah, just paint your walls <laughs> green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> anyways, what kind of what are we doing here? We're, 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 and that's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> what are we doing here? I don't know, Jackson. Sometimes that's the scariest wonder, thing. Sometimes I wonder. Existential that, that thought. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about scary things. Uh, we're we're we wanted Nihilism. to read some spooky stories. Yeah. Uh, last year we read some H.P. Lovecraft and. That was that was fun because we we got really drunk. Got really I know drunk that. And, uh, that kind of a honestly slog. one of our drunkest episodes in a long time. Actually, yeah. Uh, but, but we decided to kind of we we've done we've done SCPs, we've done creepy pasta. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna read some Reddit. Reddit stories. And yeah, and so sleep, uh, not exclusively from not exclusively, but uh, most of the stories are from r slash no sleep, and also I found r slash short short scary stories. I, nice. I can't speak right now. It's been a long day. Um. So yeah, this is going to be fun because all these stories are all. It's not like the old creepy pastas where it's obviously fake. I mean, some of them, I mean, a lot of them still are, but the whole point of this is they're supposed to be real stories. Yeah. Or at they're... least most people present them 
that way. Yeah, um, and they're, they're like, oh, not, this creepy but, thing um, happening. But I think they're some of them are more casual, like it's just a Reddit post, but then it gets creepy. And then yeah. other ones, you know, they put a lot of work into. Um, I think what's fun, yeah, this is just another another part of the internet, you know, dark corner of the internet to get some scary stories. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's the new, I feel like it's where creepypastas have gone. This is what it is now. It's turned into this, yeah. Yeah, um, it's turned into this. You still have some of the staples from creepypastas. Oh, of course. Then a skeleton so popped you, out. Yeah, then a skeleton popped out or the, the really creepily wide smile. You know that, that. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You get all the classics. It, it just makes it feel more pretentious here. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're at it. There's... There's some good stuff here. Yeah. Oh, uh, Reddit doesn't like my accounts. You're what? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Reddit is not happy with my account, but that's okay. I don't care. Ah. I, <laughs> when I made this account, I, uh, didn't think about, uh, the profanity. What? <laughs> My account name is ML MLG Swag Master Dick sixty nine. <laughs> it's my shit post account. I don't care account, but it's the one I've been using for six years. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we all have we ha all have usernames that uh we uh... they don't they don't like that name, but you know what? I can still read my stories, so that, that that's all that's that's all I need. Yeah. I think I can. Where's my saved stuff? <laughs> I recently changed my Instagram handle because it's just an old, old uh, username that I don't like anymore. Um, there we go. And now Instagram lets you do that. So, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember um, my uncle got banned off a of PlayStation network a couple times because his username was always something along the lines of these nuts, something um, suck on <laughs> these nuts or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and he just kept making a new one, but then they, now you have to pay. Uh, you have to pay to make a new name. Yeah. I think after your first, I think you can change it once for free. I don't know. It's been a while since I've changed it. I, I usually, I I don't really change my online names, and I I remember my I I finally changed my PlayStation Network name yeah. account uh because for like a decade it was just my last name and <laughs> numbers yeah because my friend was like oh I did mine like this too and I thought it was cool because he did it right and then. I pretty much immediately regretted it back then. I was like, that's really lame. And it's all lowercase. And <laughs> yeah. there's no pizzazz there. Uh, but now it's Dr. Dracula. Right, right. Uh, so don't all you PlayStation. <laughs> I I change my stands. Steam name, my Steam Better name watch every, once, every once in a while. 
uh, just for I, I'm happy with mine. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine mine's good too. I'm happy with it, which is the entire point. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna read some Reddit stories. I've got a few here, but then we can also wait. Uh, yeah. Stop right there! What? What? This is a mockery. And you're supposed to say, "Don't you mean this is a robbery?" Don't you mean this is a robbery? Don't you mean this is a robbery? Don't you mean this is a robbery? That, that's a joke. That's a new joke I saw on TikTok. It's... Well, my girlfriend showed me. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't um, get that. I think. Okay, the cringe is already a little too high on this one. But anyways, what are you drinking? That's what I really want to stop Uh, for. I'm glad you asked, Jackson. Glad you asked. Uh, I'm drinking from Wibby Brewing out of Denver. They're um, Witty? Wibby. Wibby. They're Oktoberfest. Um, they're a brewery out of Denver. They kind of specialize in like German style beers. Nice, and, uh, nice. This is quite a nice, quite a nice beer. I like it a lot. Um, since I got off work so late, I didn't bother to go get anything. But I recently had. I just want to give it a shout out from Schilling Brewery. Brewery, I believe. I see in a mm. picture this yeah. spice chai apple cider. I the got chider? it from Trader Joe's. The chider, yeah, yeah, and. I was like, oh, this is fun. It's probably just going to be a one note kind of gimmicky cider. But actually, I quite enjoy it. It's very warm and, you know, it, it's comforting, very comforting and delicious. And um, you could have it in breakfast. You could have it before you go to bed. You could have it in the middle of the day. If you're an alcoholic, you'll have it anytime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but tonight, uh, it's a little lame, but I am drinking out of a a, a spooky goblet. A spooky goblet. That's uh, the only thing about this virtual background. Yeah, I can't like, like I lift up my beer to show you and it disappears. It, it disappears. Yeah. I have to hold it like in front of me. In a green screen. Like, yeah, you have to. Anyways, I'm drinking out of a spooky goblet. So that makes it spooky. Right. And I got this wine. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> Just called wine, <laughs> wine drink. <laughs> I, I would have to go, all the way in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's from. What was it called? Either way, I have this wine subscription thing, and I don't have to. What's cool about it? You don't have to do it every month. You can skip months, but you have money in your bank basically to get more wine. Oh, nice. And um, it's uh, just a nice white wine I have. I mean, it's nothing special, um, but it's good. Nice. It goes down easy. And then I also have some Coors Banquet. And, nice. you know, just because I have it. <laughs> Actually, both <laughs> of these are just because I have them. Uh, next episode, I promise I'll have something special or mixed drink or I don't know, something. Yeah. Um, but who really cares? Who, you, what really matters to you guys is we get into these scary stories. Into these yes. scary stories. This is a weird energy today. Yeah, well, it's been a weird, weird energy all day yeah. for me, honestly. I don't know about you. Oh, and I'm, I hope uh, if you guys listening to Morning Oddities, if you listen to Morning Oddities, 
um, thank you. If you don't, go check it out. It's in our link tree. Do it. Uh, short form morning show. We usually keep them around 30 minutes. Some of them are only about 20 minutes. Some of them almost go for an hour. Uh, <laughs> it really depends. But we just talked about Saw X there. Yes. And I just, I apologize for my mic quality. I was using my gaming headset because I had no other choice. Like a mic, nerd. Like a nerd. Uh, like a gamer, gamer, elite gamer. But my mic went out, and it's just shot. But I got an early birthday present, and that's what you are hearing right now. My new microphone. It's the HyperX Quadcast, and I would definitely recommend it. It's uh on sale right now. It's originally one forty, uh, hundred now, and um. My parents basically asked me, do you want money or do you want something? And I was like, well, if you're going to get me something, this is what I want and what I need for the show. And yeah, we're adults. I mean, they ask. There's nothing weird or wrong about that. Yeah. Because when you're an adult, you don't want to waste money, especially in this day and age. Oh, I got you a thing that you might even already have or you don't want (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but anyways i think yeah it sounds real nice nice and crisp and nice and condensed it has an internal pop filter i've got different settings here you know i'm not gonna mess with them because i don't want to mess with the sound because i think it's good how it is yeah but you know i can easily turn the gain up change how much it picks up around me easily mute you cut I out didn't the... just stop. Ah, that was my mute button. Anyways, nice. Uh, I'm I'm really happy. I I'm I'm like a kid in a candy store, uh, with this mic. Um, it's just nice and simple. Anyways, that's enough of the small talk. Unless you have anything. No, I don't really have anything. No. Oh, I had one more thing. Yeah. I mentioned Saw X. Watch it seriously. If you're even if you're not a Saw fan when it comes out on streaming or something and you want a good scary movie, check it out. Yes, it does get gross. <laughs> Very <laughs> gross. But it has such a good like revenge story plot to it. Tobin Bell just brings it and um, maybe he wears a backwards cap. I don't know. He does in some of the Saw movies when <clears throat> for his young flashbacks. That's backwards. how you make yourself look young. <laughs> backwards baseball cap shorts uh short sleeve over a long sleeve sleeve. yeah uh that that's pretty much exactly what they do in the movie (laughs) it's like the 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 meme with steve buscemi yeah no it's exactly that (laughs) look it up i think it's in like saw 3d one of the bad ones but that, that that's definitely the best part of one of those movies me and my girlfriend are actually going through the saw movies now we just finished two. We're going to get on three. And honestly, the first one isn't really that gory at all. It's just the idea of the, like, it shows a bit of um, the, what's his name? He was in Princess Bride. He was in Prince um, of Thieves. Um not Prince of Thieves. He was in Men in Tights. Uh, Men in Tights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Harry Yules. 
Yeah, it shows him like about to cut his foot off and like some of it, but you know, it's not that graphic. It's just a lot of blood, low budget. I mean, James Wan's breakout movie, the pilot, you know, the short film was just two men in a room. Lee Manel, Manuel, uh, Australian. He wrote a lot of these. Not a good actor, but a great writer. He's done a lot of horror stuff. He's done the Conjuring movies, Insidious, yeah. The New Invisible Man. He wrote that. And I think he helped write this new Saw, or at least it seems like he did because it's good. <laughs> it's actually good. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tobin Bell brings it and this new one. And um, it actually makes you root for Jigsaw. Ooh, Mostly. Nice. Until nice. you get to the torture. But then you remember why you're rooting for him. But then you're like, but the torture, it's a little much. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, it surprised me, though. Uh, they have to, they have not... to rub, They have to remind you, hold on, hold on. You're not yeah. supposed to like this guy too much. Well, yeah, they really put you on a roller coaster of emotions. Like first you're rooting for him because he's just a sick old man. This can- cancer patient gets scammed and then you're like yeah let's get him let's jigsaw him and by the way like in this movie he's already been jigsaw like jigsawing people yeah (laughs) (laughs) at first it makes it seem like it's an origin story thing like if you've never seen any of them but then there's one little scene where he's just sitting in the park drawing one of his new uh contraptions he's like (laughs) looking at a guy and he's like hmm just thinking I probably it. deserves this thinking I don't about it yeah. <laughs> anyways let's get in to some scary stories yes who wants to kick this off I have what? I have a few here I have a long one I have a couple shorter ones let's start with some shorter ones because I've all right let's let's get into this I've got some shorter ones I have one pretty long one but let's go i'm gonna save that for later i'm gonna read let's both read a title of one of ours and then we're gonna decide which one okay all right one two three the thing there's in the a fields. spoon in my kitchen that defies gravity <laughs> okay i want i want to hear that i want to hear yours <laughs> okay i don't okay. even what was yours the thing in the fields oh the thing in the fields anyways oh I want to hear about the spoon. There's a, uh, and this was from a day ago, Ooh. or at this point, maybe two days ago. It's recent. It's from r slash no sleep uh, by user nom 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 nation. There's a spoon in my kitchen that defies gravity. The spoon flirt. <laughs> Flirts. The spoon floats. Oh, wait. We got to get into the horror mood. I hope yeah. there's some spooky ambiance, by the way. I'm gonna... Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you, you surely have some backed up. I'm sure I have some. Anyways, <laughs> let me get into this. Let me read it like it's scary. Maybe it is scary. I don't know. It's a spoon. There's a spoon <laughs> in my kitchen that defies gravity. The spoon floats above my kitchen countertop. And I don't remember when it appeared. I think it's always been there, choosing to be ignored. Once I noticed it, I was immediately afraid. How could a spoon float? How could a physical object go against everything I've ever been taught? Spoon does not care what is possible. 
for it is a spoon. Okay. It floats upright. I was say, was that it? <laughs> that would be. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. That's spooky, man. All right. It floats upright with the handle pointing to the floor and the bowl towards the ceiling. It almost never moves. It has need to. No need to. For it is a spoon. It seems so mundane and simple, but how can something so peculiar be anything but terrifying? The single object defies everything anyone has ever known. A magician may perform tricks, but this spoon is doing something that no human has ever been able to perform. Uh... David Blaine would probably, or Chris Angel would probably have begged to differ. Yeah. I mean, it's fake, but they would beg to differ. Feel like. um, <laughs> by defying nature in this way, it goes against every rule the universe has ever had. And brings the nature of reality into question. But how can this be? It is a spoon. It looks ordinary. Its reflective metal shows no sign of age. Every day I check if the spoon is still there. It always is. Sometimes I think about touching it, but I can never bring myself to try. I don't think it would allow me anyway. I miss my best friend. So is this, they, is this just their their old roommate just tied a spoon to a string and for some reason <laughs> they never noticed it until now? And now yeah, they, just a fishing line. Now it's line. a total placebo, like like they're terrified of it for some, for some reason. <laughs> That'd be a fun prank. Just make random objects float with fishing lines. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, I miss my best friend. They could not see the spoon. Look, I showed them. The week it appeared. Do you see it? His blank expression, staring straight, staring right through to the countertop, showed me that he could not see. Perhaps his mind could not comprehend it. Or perhaps he was not chosen to have this revealed to him. I should have never attempted to show anyone. Unveiling the spoon is not my decision to make. <laughs> it's the spoon's decision to make. <laughs> that, that's not... Uh, that's not Be- before, <laughs> before he could speak, the spoon moved. The only time it ever has. It lodged itself under his eyelid. Only the handle still visible, protruding what? from the small gap in his eye socket. The handle tilted upwards, putting pressure onto his eye until it no longer remained in the socket. We were both probably screaming. He doesn't know. He can't remember. <laughs> what? We were both probably screaming, but I don't remember. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> My mind was too broken to hear. Blood poured to the floor as the spoon continued to move inside his head, as if it were searching for something. It moved effortlessly, like digging ice cream out of a pot. After what seemed like minutes, (laughs) although may have been closer to mere seconds, the spoon returned to its original position, completely clean. The crystal clear reflection of the room remained on its surface, no hints of the horrors that took place just moments prior. At first, my friend fell to the floor. Then suddenly, he was no longer there. Mm. I didn't see him disappear, but I didn't look away either. 
It was as if different parts of reality seeped together, closing around him. The whole room looked as it always had. I began to wonder if I was crazy. Yeah, maybe. Had anything even just happened? Things were happening too fast for anything to seem real. Things still don't seem real now. I never saw my friend again. I have never told anybody what I saw. Well, now you are on Reddit. <laughs> you have 394 upvotes. Not bad. So Not bad. you've told quite a few people now. I'm not even sure how I would. Today, as I entered my kitchen, I stepped over to the spot where my friend had once been. The spoon was next to me. I tried to ignore it, as I often do. But somehow, I couldn't look away. Something in the spoon caught my attention. In the inverted reflection where the bowl curves inward, I saw my friend lying at my feet in a puddle of blood. His eye lay next to him. Ooh. I tried to look away, but I was not allowed. The privilege of ignorance was taken away his from me. The, his friend's body has <laughs> gone into the spoon dimension. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As I relived the events that took place against my friend, yet all the while, a single thought lodged into my brain, much like a spoon, <laughs> is lodging into his. Yep. Why is this happening to me? This kitchen utensil doesn't care what anyone thinks. It exists as a portal to the unknown. The only connection between reality and unexplainable terror. It could have been any object, any physical thing. But here it is, manifesting in my kitchen a few feet away from where I make sandwiches. It is not a spoon, but a herald of darkness. I wouldn't yeah. be making sandwiches in there anymore, man. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I'd be like, no. Uh, and that's it. Uh, Mutant Tail Thing says, count your blessings, it's not a spork. Uh, and Prestigious Goose replied, entire countries would be in ruins. Zero uh, <laughs> X Machina said, there is no spoon. There is no spoon. <laughs> um... And then that's, that's part of the that's part of the fun fun of some of these Reddit stories is some the, of the comments. The comments, yeah, they um, add to it. I I have one here. It's not the one I was gonna read. It's very short. And uh, let's go. It's not from r slash no sleep. This is from r slash cryptids. This one oh, just okay. this one just came up on my Reddit feed. Um, let's go. Um. Something has been in my yard at night, and I don't know what it is. Um, I'll start at the very beginning, when I was starting to encounter this thing. The first time, the uh, first time I only heard it, maybe 40, 50 feet away in the alley behind my girlfriend's house at like 1 a.m. We were waiting for her dad to go to bed so she could sneak it, me in because we weren't dating at the time. And assumed it was just me being paranoid because I was sitting in the dark for almost an hour waiting. That was last July. Fast forward to January this year, and I'm doing my normal nightly routine, sitting outside with my vape. Vape <laughs> mace. Uh, vape mace. <laughs> uh, and a drink for a few minutes before bed. And I hear the screeching again. Uh-oh. 
but I'm wearing headphones and listening to a true crime podcast out uh, outside at night. So yeah, again, you would brush it off as paranoia. You would. Um, then we come to last month. Both my girlfriend and I were sitting in her backyard around 10:30 or 11, and talking, and both heard the same ungodly screeching noise I'd heard both times before, like it was just outside her yard, maybe 15 meters away. Her confirmation that it was, uh, in fact, a real noise had me shitting my pants, to be honest. <laughs> Considering how close it was and had been every other time I heard it. We immediately went inside and heard it again from about the same distance a few minutes later. Fast forward again to 30 minutes, and again I'm sitting outside with my vape before bed, drinking a soda, nice. decompressing to some music. And without any kind of warning whatsoever, a good handful of my hair got yanked backwards and I nearly jumped out of my skin. I looked around after, composing Ouch. myself for a second and admittedly, admittedly initially being completely paralyzed out of fear. And that there was nothing in my yard. Obviously scared, I came inside, took my shoes off, made sure the front door was locked, yada yada. Then I came to the back door to lock it and turn off the back backyard light only to see an entire human-like face staring at me from around a small fern in my yard Ooh. I say human-like because it was definitely not a person maybe it was trying to be one or uncanny uh, maybe it was trying to be or was once but it wasn't right it was, wasn't like the Mandela catalog or whatever where limbs were stretched out or big gaping mouth the features were just uncanny and looked like plastic. Well, some of them are just uncanny. We did yeah. episodes on the Mandela catalog. <laughs> and I must say that that is a type one. I, I yeah. think. Yeah. It's been I do, a while I do like he mentions, mentions Mandela catalog in here. Um, so I had to check out our Mandela catalog episodes. Very spooky. Those are fun. Yeah. Uh, so I had a stare down with this thing because I, a six foot five man, was literally so scared I immediately called my girlfriend crying asking what to do because <laughs> I was terrified to look away. She told me to just lock the door. To do that, I had to lean my back, uh, lean into my back door. Wait. To do that, I have to lean into my back door because the place I live in is built on marshland and house foundations shift throughout the, uh, the year. Florida? Possibly. Um, and therefore break sight with whatever the thing was. I did for maybe two and a half seconds max, and then it was just gone. I have no idea what I saw. I'm just terrified and want to know if I'm being observed or if I'm going to be eaten. <laughs> I'll try to give a decent description right now, but I'll probably come back in the morning once uh, I'm less shaken up and feel safer. It looked like a person but its neck was too long, and its eyes kind of looked like how kids draw them without eyelids. I had eye contact it for so, without, for so long, I was gushing oh. tears from my eyes, uh, drying out, and never blinked once. The creature so, never blinked once. Uh, and he never blinked once. And he, he never he wasn't going to break eye contact with it. <laughs> um, so this is this is fun. This is the in the comments here. There's people, Lord of Man. Yeah. Um, uh, Canada, it says. Uh, mm. He's in Canada. Um, 
a lot of people are saying it's a crawler which uh i did not know it's a it's a cryptid that's like it's like a you know like the rake that type of oh is this like a canadian cryptid yeah yeah so it's spooky it's like a creepy humanoid thing but this is the amusing part is everyone's saying it's a rake or not a rake a um a uh crawler that's what they're calling it um except for a few people who are just like um yeah based on your description be a meth head yeah, yeah <laughs> this, this well this person here is like based off of your description the fact that it's hugged on your hair and what you saw um it sounds like a barn owl or a barn owl yeah, yeah like it sounds a lot like a you're, you, there's just a barn owl <laughs> oh you're leading me down um rabbit um, hole because barn owls make freaky screeching oh noises. yes yeah they're yeah, they, they don't sound very freaky like what you would expect an owl to sound like um i on reddit r slash cryptids crawlers what are they no i'm not talking about the fresno night crawlers I posted an incident about what people have told me is a crawler based on description. Tall, gangly on all fours. Very pale with eye shine and a possible muzzle. So what is a crawler exactly? Uh, Pirate Lantern said crawlers are an invention of the internet like Rakes and Slenderman. Probably. (laughs) Fair enough. Interesting employee said... uh, Completely made up is what they are. A couple sources of inspirations from film, books, and TV really took off with the internet. They have gained a lot of traction with TikTok and creepypasta in the more recent years. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on the uh, r slash cryptid that is stuff that's really just internet legends, not actual yeah. like, crypto, cryptids. Yeah. Uh, New Slenderman game. Well, the Slenderman remake or update is coming out, and it's going to have mods. Looks interesting. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, I guess we should, we should definitely those play that. types of things, like those creepypasta monsters are kind of like the, yeah, the internet equivalent of a cryptid. Yeah. Like Slenderman would have been a I mean, you, you could go into, like, technically, like, just because something is a myth and some people believe in it doesn't mean that it's a cryptid because I think it's like... But technic- some cryptids have been proven uh, to be r- real. Yeah, a cryptid is technically... All, all that technically is is just an animal that... Undiscovered. That's, uh, yeah. well, an hasn't animal scientifically... that some people believe in that hasn't yeah. been actually found, which usually in most cases means it probably doesn't exist but there have been uh examples like the platypus yeah was encrypted because <laughs> that thing doesn't make any sense yeah people were like Mammal, this, there's no way this is bird. yeah people were like there's no way this is a real thing <laughs> um and no it was <laughs> yep it, it still is yeah yeah all right uh i i got another this one's this one actually is from r slash short scary stories so it's another short one nice um Slight, it's actually shorter than the first one I read. How to scare dad. My father is the scariest man I've ever known. And when armed with a bottle of beer, he reaches nightmare levels. Just the crackle of his belt or r- rise in his voice was enough to make me shake like a leaf. One night, 
while I struggled to get comfortable in bed from the bruises and sounds of my mom's crying. This one is kind of dark. Yeah, no, that's... But it's... Some of these are going to get pretty dark. <laughs> I didn't just pick funny ones. I don't think we just picked funny ones. I guess we'll find out. I tried not to um, pick just funny ones. Anyways... I hatch an ingenious idea to stop the pain and suffering, scare dad. Clearly, he just didn't know how his actions made us feel. But if I scared him like he scared us, maybe then we would change his, he would change his ways. I tried anything I could think of to produce some fright and scare dad straight. I would hide and jump out at him, but he didn't even flinch. I placed the toy snake in the toilet, but that only resulted... Oh wow. This one is this one is pretty dark. I didn't read through all these. I just thought it was a funny um title. Yeah, I didn't I didn't yeah. I read through it. I wanted to save the surprise, you know, for uh Yeah, I don't wanna do this one. I'm just gonna avoid that one. It gets pretty dark and not enough fun spooky way I, I have another Child short short one here before i start getting to the slightly longer ones yeah i've got um yeah i've got a couple good ones yeah um so this one it's it's actually one post that's uh one two three four five six very short um let's go uh so it's titled uh this is from eight years ago uh, it's titled, I'm a search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service. I have some stories to tell. I wasn't sure where else to post these stories, so I figured I'd share them here. I've been an SAR officer for a few years now, and along the way I've seen some things that I think you guys will be interested in. And this is on r slash no sleep. I have right. a pretty good track record for finding missing people. Most of the time, they just wander off the path or slip down a small cliff, and they can't find their way back. The majority of them have heard the whole have heard the old "stay where you are" thing, and they don't wander far. But I have two cases where that didn't happen. Both bother me a lot, and I use them as motivation to search even harder on the missing persons I get called on. The first was a little boy who went out berry picking with his parents. He and his sister were together, and both of them went missing around the same time. Their parents lost sight of them for a few seconds, and in that time, both kids apparently wandered off. When their parents couldn't find them, they called us, and we came out to search the area. We found the daughter pretty quickly, and when we asked where her brother was, she told us that he'd been taken away by the bear man. She said he gave her, berry, uh, he gave her berries and told her to stay quiet and that he wanted to play with her brother for a while. The last she saw of her brother, he was riding on the shoulders of the bear man and seemed calm. Of course, our first thought was abduction, but we never found a trace of another human being in the area. The little girl was also insistent that this wasn't a normal man, that he was tall and covered in hair like a bear, and that he had a hmm. weird face. We searched the area for weeks. Hairy man with a weird face. Yeah. We searched the area for weeks. It was one of the longest calls I've ever been on, but we never found a single trace of the kid. The other was a young woman who was hike out hiking with her mom and grandpa. According to the mother, her daughter had climbed up a tree to get a better view of the forest. 
and she never come back down. They waited at the base of the tree for hours, calling her name before they called for help. Again, we searched the area and we never found a trace of her. I have no idea where she could have possibly gone because neither her mother or grandpa saw her come down. Uh, next one is a few times I've been out searching on my on my own searching with a canine and they've tried to lead me straight up cliffs not hills not not <laughs> even rock faces straight sheer cliffs with no possible handholds oh they'll always, do that it's always baffling and in these cases we usually find the person on the other side of the cliff or miles away from where the canine has led us I'm sure there's an explanation but it's sort of strange one particularly sad case involved the uh, recovery of a body. A nine-year-old girl fell mm -hmm. down an uh, embankment and got impaled on a dead tree at the base. It was a complete freak accident, but I'll never get the forget the sound her mother made when we told her what had happened. She saw the body bag be being loaded into the ambulance, and she let, us the let out the most haunting, heartbreaking wail I've ever heard. It was like her whole life was crashing down around her, and part of her had died with her daughter. I heard from another SAR officer that she... We'll leave that last sentence out. You, you, oh, you, wow. We're you get really it. Guard. Yeah. Uh, I was teamed up with another SAR officer because we received reports of bears in the area. We were looking for a guy who hadn't come home from climbing a climbing trip when he was supposed to. And we ended up having to do some serious climbing to get where we figured he'd be. We found him trapped in a small crevasse with a broken leg. It was not pleasant. He'd been there for almost two days. And his leg was obviously infected. We were able to get him to a chopper, and I heard one of the EMTs saying the guy was almost incon um, inconsolable. He kept talking about how he had been doing fine, and when he got to the top, a man had been there. He said the guy had no climbing equipment and was wearing a parka and ski pants. He walked up to the guy, and when the guy turned around, he said he had no face. It was just blank. He freaked out and ended up trying to get off the mountain too fast, which is why he'd fallen. He said he could hear the guy all night climbing down the mountain and letting out these horrible muffled screams. That story bothered the hell out of me. I'm glad I wasn't there to hear it. I'm glad I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> One of the scariest things that's ever happened to me involved the search for a young woman who had gotten separated from her hiking group. We were out until late, uh, late at night because the dogs had picked up her scent. When we found her, she was curled up under a large rotten log. She was missing her shoes and pack, and she was clearly in shock. She didn't have any injuries, and we were able to get her to walk with us back to the ba uh, base ops. Along the way, she kept looking behind us and asking why the big man with the black eyes was following us. We couldn't see anyone, so we just wrote it off as some sort of weird symptom of shock. But the closer we got to base, the more agitated the woman got. She kept asking me to uh, tell him. She kept asking me to tell him to stop making faces at her. At one point, she stopped and turned around and started yelling at, into the forest, saying that she wanted to leave him to leave her alone. She wasn't going to go with him, she said, and she wasn't going to give, and she, she wasn't give, ah, and she wouldn't give us to him. <laughs> we finally got her to keep moving, but we started hearing these weird noises coming from all around us. It was almost like coughing, but more ryth rhythmic and deeper. 
It was almost a rhythmic coughing. Yeah. It was almost insect like. <clears throat> I don't really know how else to describe it. <clears throat> uh, when we are within the sight of base ops, the woman turns to me, her eyes about as wide as I can imagine a human could open them. She touches my shoulder and says, wow. He says to tell you to speed up. He doesn't like looking at the scar on your neck. I have a very small scar on the base of my neck, but it's almost hidden under my collar. I have no idea how this woman saw it. Right after she says it, I hear a weird coughing in my right ear, and I just about jumped out of my skin. I hustled her to to ops, trying not to show how freaked I was. But I have to say, I was really happy when we left the area that night. Yeah, I'd be happy to leave that area as well. So she saw... So uh, this is all the same area? Is this all like connected? It's the same like same person same same person as a national Oh, these uh, are just different things forest. that happen to this per- Oh, okay. Yeah, these are all little little things. Uh last one here. I didn't pay attention to the first bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> so a uh, national forest uh SAR officer. SA- okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. So this is it says this is the last one I'll tell. It's probably the weirdest story I have. Now, I don't know if this is true in every SAR unit, but in mine, it's sort of an unspoken regular thing we run into. You can try asking about it with any other SAR officers, but even if they know what you're talking about, they probably won't say anything about it. We've been told not to talk about it by our superiors, and at this point, we've all gotten so used to it that it doesn't even seem weird anymore. On just about every case where we're really far into the wilderness, I'm talking 30 or 40 miles. At some point, we'll find a staircase in the middle of the woods. It's almost like... I've heard about this. I have too, yeah. It's almost like if you took the stairs in your home, cut them out, and put them in the middle of the forest. I asked about it for the first first time I saw some, and the officer just told me not to worry about it, that it was normal. Everyone I asked had the same thing. I wanted to go check them out, but was told very emphatically that I should never go near them. So I just sort of ignore them now when I run into them because it happens so frequently. Yeah, that that's actually a I've thing. I've heard of. Yeah. I've, yeah, here's a picture. Random staircase. Yeah, and there's a lot of instances. Now, like this one, that was like going to be part of a trail or part of a trail, and then it just wasn't maintained. But then like stuff like this... It's like where is that going? Yeah, where, and and part of the le- part of like the, the the myth of them is that um you should never go up the stairs. Oh, it's never like actually the go back up rooms. <laughs> yeah, like, no clip. <laughs> the stairs are no clipping. Out yeah. of the forest. I mean, that's obviously a trail. That's part of a trail. Yeah, like I mean, a this... lot, a lot of the images you see, like, can easily have explanations, um, or even be faked. But uh, it, it's a fun, like, thing, it's almost uh, like a liminal space type. Yeah, yeah. A horror idea, like where it's just a location, it's a place, and yeah. it's just so off that I think it could that... be explained, but yeah. I think that's what makes that kind of stuff work where it's just off or it makes you feel off. Right. You know, um, 
I, yeah. of course, I've been getting. I, I I've got back into the creepy YouTube rabbit hole again. <laughs> I, I've been watching a lot of good Mythical Morning, a lot of good Jerry stuff, and I'm still watching that kind of stuff. But then I got into the creepy side of YouTube again. It always happens to me. And there's been a lot of, I mean, there's everybody and their mother has a video essay on liminal spaces. And yeah, it's always the Gmod. You always get a Gmod screenshot or something. Or yeah, they, 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 those videos use a um, lot of Gmod but maps. <laughs> I forgot the YouTuber's name, but just look it up. Um, this guy is actually going to the these places. Oh, cool. Real pictures were taken. Nice. And yeah. like some of them is just like a parking lot or abandoned mall. And uh, he, he's like trying to find where all these pictures were taken. And but then that led me into a different rabbit hole into another one. And then I got into and I got into this album. It's called the Everlasting Art. it's either way it's a creepy thing this album it's basically about dealing with dementia and huh. how your mem you know your memory fades and everything oh huh. i let me see if i can find it so i can tell you guys uh, it's everywhere at the end of time um by the caretaker and it's like six albums into one, six hours. People have made like condensed ones and everything. And like the beginning uh, tune is uh, Heartaches. It's um, just an old jazz tune. It starts out very nostalgic. And it like it paints this whole story, this picture of like you're somebody, you're old now and you, you know, you grew up during that time and your memory's fading and it does this really creepy thing of how like there's this term known as a uh, liminal terminal um lucidity or something like that where like right uh -huh. before you die that's like when your life flashes between your eyes when yeah. whether you're religious or not people think they're going on to the other side or all this kind of stuff uh you know and near-death experiences or when you just die um and like at the end of the album, like everything just fades and gets distorted and reverbs, but then like the music comes back for a little bit and then it goes away. It's oh. I would not listen to it if you're in any kind of bad headspace. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is an interesting look, and it paints a you know really good picture of how it is to deal with dementia. I just wanted to talk about that because that's something I've recently discovered um anyways there's a lot of oh and also the uh, the backroom or no not the backrooms guy the mandela catalog guy alex uh keister he's uh posting -huh. more oh nice um, so you know we'll probably do another one of those and there's a series that we haven't done yet and it would it could be good for Spooktober, but I would like to save it for a different time because it's too specific. Um, but the 
American. What is it called? It's the um. Not the Mandela catalog. Not the Mandela monologues. <laughs> um, it's the. Passing me by. I know what you're talking about. It's the I'll ult- find it. It's like that. It's like an alternate history. American history thing. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can find it, but it's it's good stuff, and it's like Lovecraftian, and James Dean is president. Uh, or he was president during it. Yeah. One I am. Monument Monument Mythos. Yeah. Check that out. It went out. The creator started doing other stuff for a while, but he made the new stuff connect to the Monument Monument Mythos and it connects to his old videos. He did this one video about the corner folk. Like uh if you stare into a corner for a while, you can see something pop out of it and it's mm. like they're traveling the dimensions in the corner. And that's yeah. even something Lovecraft wrote about like with the the corner wolf like there would be a wolf that would attack you if you stare into this corner for a while yeah. i forget which story it was in uh but yeah i <laughs> i've been getting into not really getting into but i just somehow stumbled upon this stuff again even though i wasn't really trying to i just clicked on one video and it led to the next anyways that's my little i don't know what you would call that my bit <laughs> of discovery my bit of news oh who's at my feet Oh, hi, Coco. No, it's the dog, dog, actually. Ah. I don't know where the cat is. Oh, she's licking my foot. (laughs) He's a little chihuahua. She's sweet. Anyways, I have a really spooky one, but buckle in. Strap in. Okay. Okay. Are we doing good? I think we're doing good. How many stories do you think we got? I don't know. We're doing good, though. Uh, We play by ear. Yeah. We'll be fine. Anyways, buckle in your seatbelts for this one. It's not super long, but it's long enough where I can say, get comfortable. Get your drink, get your popcorn, sleep and just ignore it and just sleep to this. I don't know. Whatever you do while you listen to these, strap in. From r slash no sleep, from Malia girl 13 something. It's not showing all of it. A year ago. And this is one of the higher rated uh, stories on our slash no sleep. And I just wanted to find like some good ones. But it's it's not one that's going to pop up in the top five. But I can tell you it deserves it. And I read a lot of it. So I know what I'm getting into. <laughs> and I legitimately... I've ne- it's been a while since I've read something that made me feel this just unnerved and just scared yeah. to be in my own house. <laughs> and you'll you'll see why in a second. Uh, I love my girlfriend. I, I She's never done anything like this, but it just hits home because it's like, let's just get into it. Okay. My wife has been peeking at me from around corners and behind furniture. It's Uh. gone from weird to terrifying. Before I continue reading, what really got me with the story is it actually could be real. This feels 
It doesn't get like too crazy. I read a little bit of this one. Oh, you you checked this yeah. one out? Yeah. I didn't finish it, it though, so. It's one that uh the first like half of the story you're like, yeah, this that could be real and you could be dealing with somebody with some mental issues or something. I don't know, but it is creepy, man. And it it just hits so close to home cuz it's like imagine your loved one just out of nowhere doing creepy shit. <laughs> just yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you, and you can't explain it and they don't ever acknowledge it. But let's get into this. Uh, I spoiled too much. Anyways, my wife has been peeking at me from around corners behind furniture. It's gone from weird to terrifying. My wife, Lynn, and I have been together for six years and married for 11 months. Our entire history together has been very normal, and never once have I noticed any weird behaviors or red flags. I can't stress enough how out of character this whole thing is for her. Lynn is very kind, intelligent, and thoughtful. She's always been the no-nonsense type of person. Being childish or trying to scare me is not something she'd normally do. She doesn't even like watching horror movies. When we first started dating, she agreed to watch The Shining with me because she knew how much I loved horror. Great movie, by the way. Stephen King doesn't like it, but I, I'll just tell you, Stephen King, it's a good movie. I know it's not yeah. like the book, but it's a good movie. Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it is drastically different from the book, so I see why he was mad. <laughs> um, love you, Stephen King. Anyways... <laughs> Where was I? The Shining. She was so scared that she didn't even make it through half of the movie before we had to turn it off. She isn't into anything creepy and has never been into pranks. It's just not her cup of tea. And that's fine. But that's what was so strange about this. It's just so unlike her. I should also add that she never had any mental health issues and as far as I am aware, doesn't run in her family. I know some people are able to hide their mental health problems, but in the six years we've been together, I think I, I'd have seen some sort of sign. <laughs> yeah. Two months ago, I was in the kitchen making myself some coffee before work. I think we all do that sometimes. We can all relate to that. I was running a bit late that morning, and I knew I wouldn't be able to fix it to... Uh, I, wouldn't, I knew I wouldn't be able to make it to Dunkin' Donuts for my usual morning fix. That's where I beg to differ. Dunkin' Donuts is... <laughs> it's fine. Anyways. Yeah, nothing against Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> They're just... Now, Dutch Bros. Have you been to Dutch Bros? I have not. Man, they're really good. They're good stuff. I mean, it's just like drinks, like coffee drinks. Uh, and they have energy drink stuff. Anyways. I took a sip of my coffee as I hurried down the hall towards the front door. When I happened to notice Lynn peeking at me from behind the corner around... I mean, uh, behind... Let me, let me restart that. I'm going to stop interrupting myself also. I took a sip of coffee as I hurried down the hall towards the front door. When I happened to notice Lynn peeking at me from around the corner ahead of me. I could only see her eyes and a strand of hair, a strand of her long dark hair hanging against the wall. 
The rest of her body was concealed behind a corner. I nearly spilled my coffee when I saw her. I did burn the shit out of my lips. <laughs> Jeez, Lynn, I said, wiping a few drops of coffee from my pants. You scared the shit out of me. She immediately popped out of view like a little kid that had been caught. I heard her scurry off towards the living room. And by that time, I got to confront, got to the front door. She was out of sight. I don't like how he describes scurrying off. And, scurrying, yeah. And we're going to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird and just totally out of character for her, like I said. But I also found it kind of funny that she was being more playful and a little less serious. I shouted that I loved her and called her a weirdo. As I shut the door behind me, I heard her laughing. So this first instance, it's like, oh, it's just a weird thing she did. It's just a, yeah, you know, it's like just a, you maybe, scared the shit out of me, but like, yeah, playing it, around, just playing around, doing something a little different. You surprise me, but you know, it's not out of the ordinary. It's yeah. just unexpected, but it's not like what we're about to get into. <laughs> um, her behavior was a bit odd but it certainly wasn't something to call a priest over I forgot about it by lunch and by the time I got home she was her normal self I didn't bring it up and neither did she and life went on and that's the kind of thing you know you th that's probably how it would usually go yeah the next incident happened three days later it was around two in the morning and I had woken up to get a drink. I was standing at the kitchen island, jug of OJ in the hand, when I felt a strong feeling that I was being watched. We all know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're feeling it right now. Maybe there's something behind you. There's not. <laughs> my favorite uh or maybe you're back against the wall and there could be nothing behind you my, or you're sleeping a uh, side note recently i yeah got back into the witcher 3 a little bit and there's a oh great game. in the prologue part of the game like the intro set area um there is a side quest where there's a character who says to girl he tries to do like the oh there's there's something behind you oh what's that uh and girl <laughs> just like looks straight at him and goes there's nothing behind no. me. I'm a <laughs> yeah. witcher. Well, I of course he would know. Yeah, he's like, I'm a witcher. I would have <laughs> yeah. heard it. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. But we all get that feeling, and I feel like... Well, I read somewhere that we have more than five senses. Like, we actually do. Like, hmm. I, I heard we have, like, nine senses somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like the one of them's the sense of like when you close your eyes, you know where your limbs are. I forget what they call it, but it's like the sense of space, the sense of uh, self, like spatial awareness. Spatial awareness. I forget what the what they uh, call it, but um, but like the sixth sense. But yeah, the feeling you get when you feel like someone's watching you. That's a real feeling. I, yeah. I've had that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Too many times. Many times where I'm like, huh? And, you know, sometimes there's no one there. And sometimes there is somebody there. Or they're running off or walking off. And 
You can feel eyes on you, and I don't like it. Anyways. Felt like he was being watched. For whatever reason, I looked down at the floor and saw my wife's smiling face staring back. She was peeking at me from the other side of the island, staring at me with wide, unblinking eyes and grinning. Grinning like the Cheshire cat. I screamed. I'll admit it. That would be Not freaky. out of irritation, but fear. <laughs> For some reason at that moment, I was scared. Yeah, at some, the sound of my... Sometimes, huh? sometimes, uh, I mean, the way it's written makes it sound a little silly, but you know, sometimes there is something that's just like you are scared of something you can't explain exactly why. Oh, there's been... There's been times in my life where I just get scared. Especially as a kid, you know. Yeah, you'll, you know, you'll just be I'll just be sitting on the couch, you know, minding my own business watching watching Lion King and and I'll just have a <laughs> this sense of dread come over to me and no. And is that existential crisis dread? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Good chance. But yeah, there, there's just times where that happens, and I, you know, I don't want to get into it. But whether you're religious or not or anything, you get those weird feelings, and it's it's a bit spooky. Yeah. And obviously, when I was a kid, you know, I, you know, the fear of the dark, the fear of the unknown. I, I think that's one of the most basic fears that mankind, humankind, has: the fear of unknown. But there has been times, even in plain day sometimes when i'm out on a hike i just get a funny i just get a feeling like why am i tense all of a sudden why am i yeah. not necessarily scared but you know your body like i said like your sixth sense i don't know what's going on you get these feelings and but you know the feeling of fear immediate fear and i, I i've been watching a lot of scary movies it's that time of year um a lot of people love it, uh, you know, but it's one of those feelings that you just get an, an innate reaction. Like there's no, in fact, it, that's why comedy, so many, you know, comedic writers, comedians end up doing like horror movies like Jordan Peele, David Gordon Green. Yeah. Because comedy is much alike horror. Laughter is something that it's a reaction. Uh huh. It's not something you plan to do, or it's not something you. Well, I mean, it's not something well, most people plan to do. I personally, you plan on laughing. A, I have a calendar like... schedule. <laughs> oh, I. Um, <laughs> and uh, I only yeah. laugh when my planner is on so schedule. schedule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, there's something about that. Anyways, at the sound of my scream, Lynn scuttled backwards out of my view, her hands and feet smacking the tile floor as she hurried out of the kitchen on all fours. All fours. Yeah. I didn't run after her or even yell after her. I just stood there. I just stood there frozen in shock and wondering what the fuck had possessed her to do that. Ooh, maybe it was a possession if you're if you believe yeah. any of that. It took me a little longer than I'd like to admit to go back upstairs, but I eventually did. 
When I got to our bedroom, Lynn was lying on her side asleep, or at least pretending to be. I stood there for a while watching her breathing to be sure she was really asleep. I mean, that's a little creepy too, but... I had the feeling she might jump out at me the moment I got into bed, but she didn't. I climbed into bed and she didn't even move. Her breathing was soft and deep and I was starting to wonder if I dreamt the whole thing. Next morning, I waited for her to come down for coffee after handing her a mug and kissing her cheek. I decided to ask her about it. Sorry. What was about that last night i asked <laughs> keeping my tone light so i didn't offend or embarrass her she frowned over a cup of coffee shaking her head like she had no clue what i was referring to you were peeking at me again from over there i said pointing to the spot on the floor by the kitchen island she followed my gaze and when she looked back she just burst out laughing she laughed so hard she I couldn't help but join her. You creep me to fuck out sometimes, you know that, I said. She giggled and set her cup on, cup on the counter and wrapped her arms around my neck. You creep me out all the time, so I guess we're even, she teased. We said our goodbyes and left for work. As I drove, I kept thinking about how creepy it had been seeing her grinning at me from behind the island like that. The sounds her hands made on the floor as she crawled away. I told myself she was just trying to be silly. Just trying to join me in my love for all things horror. It's not like I was afraid of her, but it still didn't sit right with me. Mm, yeah. I started seeing her peeking at me more and more. Sometimes she'd be peeking out of behind the couch or the living room curtains. Once she even managed to get inside her grandmother's old trunk that sits at the foot of the bed. Now, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that just happened. peeking outside a, out of a of trunk. A trunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we would be going to therapy or something. I don't know. Or, you know, I'd be going to a hotel. Like you're taking this joke a little bit too far. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it might not have even known she was there at all. The trunk's old hinges have not given her away. She had the lid propped up just enough so that only half of her face peeked through. She'd been gr grinning like an excited toddler. It was unnerving. I didn't even know what to say to her. All I could do was stare. When I finally found my voice, I asked her why on earth she was doing this. She didn't answer, but she had slowly closed the lid, shutting herself inside the trunk. <laughs> I just walked away, feeling disturbed. I didn't understand why she was doing it, but it clearly made her happy. I just hoped she would tire of the game quickly. Lynn didn't peek at me for the next two weeks. I started to think she was done with her weird prank, and I was relieved. We were watching a show on Netflix one night, and I jokingly said that I hadn't seen her peeking at me lately, and she must have just given up on her spy game. She looked up at me with a small smile and said, Maybe I've just gotten better at it. <laughs> I didn't say anything, but I wondered whether or not she was joking. 
For the next few days, I couldn't stop thinking about what she said. Was she still peeking at me when I wasn't looking and I just had to notice? And if so, what the hell is she getting out of this? I started <laughs> to feel paranoid, constantly checking whether she was watching from around the corner or behind the door. I was jumpy whenever I was home and she wasn't in full view of me. I felt stupid and a little bit crazy. But after a few weeks without another incident, I began to relax. I stopped checking behind furniture and walls and told myself it was just a bad memory. Then a few days ago, things got so much worse. Oh. Lynn left to go to her friends. And I lounged on the couch and played a couple games on my laptop. Nice. Around 9 p.m., I hopped in the shower and as I was washing the soap from my hair... I felt that awful feeling that I was being watched. I slowly opened my eyes and almost had a fucking heart attack. Lynn was peeking from behind the shower curtain. Her entire head stretched into the shower, leaving her body outside. Her long dark hair hung against the curtain, the ends dripping with water. Her mouth hung open in a terrible grin eyes wide and red as if she hadn't blinked in a while Ugh. i screamed and jumped back against the wall she didn't move nor did her smile waver her makeup ran down her cheeks into two black streaks she looked giddy and completely deranged i was fucking terrified we stood like that for a few moments and neither of us saying a word <laughs> Finally, after what felt like forever, she slowly pulled her hair back out of the shower and her head back out of the shower. And I watched her blurry figure through the curtain as she moved backwards towards the bathroom door. Moved backwards. Yeah. <laughs> A second later, the bathroom door slammed shut, hard enough to rattle the mirror. I screamed again and jumped out of the shower to lock the door. I stayed inside the bathroom for over an hour. Maybe I overreacted <laughs> to some of you, but joke or not, I wasn't going to put up with the crazy shit anymore. That's what I kept telling myself as I paced in my bathroom, stopping to listen at the door every few minutes. Just imagine that. Your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your loved one, someone you know, you've never had issues with, nothing weird with, just all of a sudden do, doing this creepy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that it's just so... That's when you're at your most vulnerable in your home with someone you trust, and then they just... Yeah. Freak out on you. <laughs> uh, this is when... At this point in reading, this is when I started getting creeped out. And I was just... This is... Know, yeah, this is where it starts to... I was just yeah. sitting, you know. This reading. is about where I made it when I was reading earlier. Oh, and then you stopped. You're like, oh no, I was. Maybe sitting he's at, gonna do this one. I was sitting at a. I was sitting at a diner, and my breakfast came, <laughs> so I stopped reading. Um, <laughs> reading into the diner. Yeah, I, was I was reading was... in a dark room. My room. <laughs> I was sitting at the Durango <laughs> Diner, drinking nice. coffee. There you go. <laughs> well, that's like a least one of the least scary setting. Yeah. But. <laughs> Anyways, suddenly I heard a muffled sound. 
and I pressed my ear against the bathroom door, straining to listen. I couldn't hear anything, but I envisioned Lynn standing on the other side of the door, giggling at her joke. I felt a surge of anger. I was beyond pissed at being made to feel scared of my own house. And made to hide in the bathroom for an hour? All for what? Some joke? If it was a joke, it was an awful one. What the fuck, Lynn? I snapped. This shit is getting really fucking annoying. I waited for her to apologize or call me a jerk. But instead, I heard a faint moan. Mm. So quiet, I wondered if I heard it at all. And then complete silence. Lynn, I called out, not able to even hide the shakiness in my voice. I got no response. Just my own heavy breathing. I swear to God, just fucking stop it. I yelled, pounding my fist on the door. I waited for her to cuss me out, something I would expect from me talking to her like that. Never screamed at her before, but there was nothing. Just the occasional drip from the shower head. I won't deny that I was scared. Too afraid to open the damn door and face my own wife. I waited another 30 minutes or so, which feels like a fucking lifetime when you're scared. True. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I decided I wasn't going to spend the night hiding in my bathroom. So I got down on my knees and peered under the door. I almost expected to see her face peeking back at me. Thankfully, I didn't. I couldn't see straight down the hallway to the top of the stairs, but no Lynn. I didn't know if I should be happy about that or not. I looked for a few minutes, waiting to see her head pop out over the top step, but it never came. I stood up, my hand hovering over the door, mentally prepared myself to open it. I slowly turned the lock with shaky fingers. I was about to yank it open when I heard a sound that still makes me feel nauseous when I think about it. A moan, louder than before. But this time I was able to tell just where it was coming from. I turned my head to the closet door as if in slow motion and locked eyes with my wife who was peeking out of me from the slight gap. Her eyes were still wide as ever and her mouth was hanging open with the most grotesque gaping smile that I had ever seen. I didn't even scream. I was too scared for that. Her hands were clasped for her chest, body trembling with sheer delight as if she could barely contain her excitement. A short raspy moan bubbled up from behind her throat, deep and raw sending a shiver through my entire body. Mm. Ooh. So she's in the bathroom behind him? She's... in the closet door. Ah. Right outside the bathroom. Weirdo. So yeah, <laughs> what a weirdo. Somehow I found the ability to pull the bathroom door open and ran as fast as I could all the way down the steps, snagging my keys and phone from the table in the living room before running outside of my car. I could hear her shrill laughter behind me, but I didn't hear her getting closer. I didn't bother shutting the front door. I drove away from the house faster than I legally should have. 
shivering the entire time, either from fear or the cold. Maybe a little bit of both. I hadn't grabbed my coat or even a pair of shoes. I was still in my boxers and my hair was still damp. I drove straight to my brother Chris's house about 40 minutes away, ignoring any and every call and text I got. I didn't check my phone until I was safely parked in my brother's driveway. Lynn had called four times and sent a flurry of texts, all wondering where I'd gone and why I left like that. I threw my phone out of the dash in a rage, furious at her nonchalant attitude. My brother and his wife were surprised to see me, especially dressed in just a pair of boxers, <laughs> but told me to stay as long as I needed. Chris lent me some clothes and asked me what happened. I told him Lynn and I had a fight, but didn't get into details. I didn't want him to think I was overreacting, leaving my wife over a prank, even if it was a strange one. I mean, had I encouraged her for years to lighten up instead of being so serious all the time? I had wanted her to relax and loosen up, but this was definitely not what I had in mind. I tried to sleep on her sofa, but my brain wouldn't let me sleep. Every time I closed my eyes, I saw Lynn's face staring at me from inside the closet. Knowing she'd been in there with me the whole entire time made my skin crawl. She never left the fucking bathroom at all. Instead, she slipped inside the closet and slammed the bathroom door shut to fool me. The mere thought of going back home gave me anxiety. I tossed and turned, unable to sleep. Chris ended up giving me a sleeping pill, so I was able to get a little rest. My sleep was filled with terrible dreams. All of Lynn's smiling face. Mm. I woke up. As the sun started to rise, my sore body ached from the sofa, and I felt drained. I knew I'd have to call Lynn at some point, but I didn't know what to say to her. I wouldn't be going home unless she gave me her word she'd never do any more creepy shit. I just wanted my wife back. Her normal, serious self never looked so good to me. I was contemplating calling her and telling her that, when that familiar feeling came out over me, I was being watched. I was staring at the ceiling, my heart in my throat. I didn't want to look away, but the longer I ignored the feeling, the worse it got. My eyes drifted away from the ceiling almost on their own. Her face, her face was pressed up against the window beside the couch, staring down at me with what, that same gaping smile. Drool dribbled down her lips, leaving two long streaks down the glass. I didn't know how long she'd been there, but some, something told me she'd been there quite a while, possibly all night. I didn't bother screaming, though as a afraid anger trumped any fear I felt at that moment. I jumped up from the couch and pounded my palm against the glass. Lynn, are you crazy? What the hell is wrong with you? Just go home, I shouted. Now! She didn't move, and her ghastly expression never changed. If anything, her smile only grew, as if she had never been more elated. I could hear Chris and his wife moving around upstairs, as if Lynn could hear them and from their own her place outside. Her head twitched slightly in their direction, and she began to close her mouth slowly. Chris called my name from upstairs, obviously concerned. 
I turned to see him and his wife Rebecca hurrying down the steps. When I turned back to the window, Lynn was gone. The only sign she'd been there was all the two streaks of drool still dripping down the glass. Ugh. I tried explaining to Chris and Rebecca about waking up to see Lynn watching me through the window. They were skeptical. Who wouldn't be? Chris and I went outside to the spot in front of the window, but there were no footprints in the dirt, just a slight indent. Animal, probably, Chris guessed, and I didn't argue. He and Rebecca assumed I dreamt the entire episode, but they didn't understand, and I was too tired to explain it to them. I called out of work that day and turned my cell off. I didn't want to face Lynn. Just talking to her was too much for me at that point. I really started to believe something was irreversibly wrong with her. That no matter what promises she made, we'd never be the same again. The thought saddened me to the core. I cried most of the morning. By noon, I figured I was ready to confront her. Give her one last chance to explain herself. I could at least give her that after six years I told myself. I turned my phone on and saw... Dozens of texts she'd sent, all from a seemingly concerned wife. Can we talk? I love you. Please call me. I'm really worried. Can you answer? Just come home. And more of the same. All texts telling me she loved me and she wanted me home. How worried she was. Not a damn one addressing the crazy shit she pulled. Like she hadn't been acting like a character from a Stephen King book. Mm. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> yes. Even her texts were different. She normally texted novels just to tell me to pick up a loaf of bread. You'd think she'd have more to say to me after her bizarre shenanigans. I know it probably seems childish to some of you who are miles away from the situation. But if you saw the way Lynn had looked at me, how she scampered away on all fours like a wild animal. Scampered. Grinning. <laughs> yeah. Grinning at me from the inside of the closet like a lunatic. Then I think you'd find my reaction was warranted. I ended up staying with Chris and Rebecca for another night. I didn't wake up yesterday until afternoon. And thankfully I didn't see Lynn's face watching me through the window. I don't want the pry because it's not my place. But is this a fight something that can be mended Rebecca is this fight something that can be mended Rebecca asked she made us both a sandwich for lunch and I knew she wanted to breach the subject without seeming to be nosy I don't know I just she's like a different person I said choosing mm. my words carefully I still wasn't ready for her or Chris to know the full extent of the batshit craziness I had been dealing with. People change, Ben. But she's still the same woman you married. Maybe you both just need to talk through your issues. Whatever's going on, I'm sure it can be fixed, she said. Ever the peacemaker. I think it's beyond that now. I, I don't think talking would help. I just don't trust her, I said. The words stung in my heart. I missed and loved my wife. But how could I live with someone like that? Living in a constant state of fear didn't sound too appealing. Lynn loves you. She just, she has to be absolutely crushed, she said. I don't know about that, I said. Well, 
she certainly seemed like that to me. I've never seen her so upset. Very much unlike the Lynn I know, Rebecca said, shaking her head sadly. It took a full minute for her words to really sink in, and when they did, I felt dread war warming its way back through my skin. Wait, what do you mean? Mean? You saw her? You saw Lynn? Rebecca nodded casually as if that fact wasn't nightmare fuel. Maybe for her it wasn't. She stopped by this morning just after Chris left for work. She said, cleaning the plates from the table. I didn't see her car, though. Maybe she took an Uber or something. <laughs> Beck, what did she say? Did she come inside? I asked, sweating, sweat starting to break out on my forehead. I began looking around, examining corners as though a predator had lurked behind them. No, she just asked if you were awake yet, and I said you weren't. I asked if she wanted me to wake you, but she said no. She said just to let you sleep. She said as she washed the dishes. That's all? She didn't say anything else, I asked. No, she looked awful, though. Like she hasn't slept in days. I think you should call her. I got up from the table and thanked Rebecca for lunch. I felt a little bit better at the knowledge that at least she hadn't come inside. Still, I needed to double check that the doors were locked. I sat for a while trying to figure out what to do next. I didn't want to go home, but I felt I owed it to Lynn to help her if I could. Hadn't I swore an oath to love and honor her through sickness and in health? Clearly, she was very sick. If she was sick, which I truly believe she was, I had to try and get her the help she needed. But I didn't even know where to start. I didn't want to call the police. And besides, what the hell was I going to tell them? That my wife was peeking at me? That she was being creepy? <laughs> as bizarre as she'd been, she still hadn't committed any crime. Not yet, anyways. The police would have probably said if I was overreacting. But this wasn't some prank. It felt wrong. Dangerous, even. Like something sinister lurked beneath her smile. I knew as her husband I was well within my rights to have her committed. But what if she simply acted normal in their presence she'd obviously been able to fool rebecca into thinking she was just a concerned wife as long as the doctors didn't find her a danger to herself or others they would have no choice but to release her after 72 hours hmm So I did what any husband in my position would do. I called her mother. I didn't want to. Wait. I called her mother. I didn't want to, believe me. Her mother, Marianne, and I were never on the best of terms, but we never fought or anything like that. She just wasn't a very warm person and wasn't really easy to get along with. She hardly ever smiled, and when she did, only her lips would move into a thin-lipped smile. Leaving her eyes as blank as before. She gave off, gave off this aura that felt like she was permanently on the offensive. I'd only met her twice and both times were for short visits. I got the impression she didn't approve of me of her daughter. Or her daughter. Lynn always ushered us out quickly. And she didn't want me to feel uncomfortable, which I was grateful for. Being in her mother's company... 
I felt almost it felt almost unbearable. Like walking on glass. I was glad when we moved three states away so we didn't have to see her often. I was happy to avoid the woman, but I needed her help. Hmm. I really didn't want to talk to her at all, but I had to talk to someone and someone who knew Lynn better than I did. So I gripped my teeth and did what I had to do. Yes, she answered, already sounding irritated. Marion, it's me, Ben. Do you have a minute to talk, I asked. I could hear her cluck her tongue in irritation. I'm in the middle of writing some checks, but if you insist, I suppose I can spare a moment. What is it that you want to discuss, Benjamin? She said. Coolly. It's about Lynn. She's been acting strangely, and I was wondering if you had any idea whether there was something... I was interrupted. It's a bit difficult to follow your rambling, Benjamin. What is, what is it you want from me? She asked. I could almost see her standing there in her thin sweater and slacks, tapping her fingernails impatiently on the table. I wanted to know if you any, noticed any odd behavior or possibly any mental health issues, I asked. There was a long, uncomfortable pause that I couldn't tell was because she was thinking or something else. Finally, after a few seconds, she spoke. I'm not sure if this is one of your jokes, Benjamin, but if so, I don't find the humor in it. Now, I do have business to attend, as I've said, so if you don't mind, she said, but I cut her off of before she could get rid of me. Marianne, it's not a joke. I'm sincerely concerned about Lynn's mental health. Her behavior has been erratic lately. I'm very worried about her, and I figured as her mother, you would be as well. I said in frustration, evident in my voice. If you're truly con this concerned, then I'd suggest you get the health professionals involved. I don't know what you expect of me, she snapped. I could tell she was seconds away from hanging up, and for some reason, I was desperate not to let her. I had the feeling that she knew a lot more than she was letting on. Please, if not for me, do it for Lynn. I tried. I heard a faint, shaky intake of breath, as if she were trying to hold her steely persona together but failing. Marianne, what's wrong? I started. Benjamin, I don't know what to tell you. My only advice would be to seek professional help. Do not call here again. Goodbye. I tried to call to her, but she hung up. I tried to wrap my head around the call and her refusal to help me. Even if she didn't like me, why wouldn't she want to help her own daughter? I couldn't understand that. I tried to replay the conversation, desperate to find something I miss. After a while, I almost gave up. Until I remembered her last words to me. Seek professional help. Mm. She'd said those words with a bit of urgency. I could have just been grasping at straws, but no. I was sure her voice had changed ever so slightly when she said that, as if it was very important. What had she meant? I assumed she'd be referring to medical professionals, but... They gotta get the Ghostbusters involved? Yeah, get the Ghostbusters. <laughs> but maybe she was referring to someone else. Someone that she didn't, or for some reason, feel comfortable saying directly. Or maybe I was just desperate. I waited for Chris to get home, and after 
a very long and exhausting conversation with him and Rebecca. I convinced them that Lynn truly needed psychiatric help. I didn't tell them everything. I wasn't prepared to go into that yet. But I told them about our last encounter, how she hid in the bathroom, peeking at me from the closet. They were obviously shocked, but thankfully they believed me. They too just wanted to help her. Still, they didn't think it was all that serious. Weird, maybe, but not dangerous. They just kept saying Lynn had to be playing some kind of weird joke. Maybe for YouTube, Rebecca offered. Only half-heartedly. <laughs> no, it would have been for TikTok. Uh, Chris didn't think we should involve the police just yet. He had offered to go... He offered instead to go with me. And I readily accepted. He reasoned that calmly talking to her, trying to coax her into going... Dog squeaking the toy a lot. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fine. It's okay. At least I wouldn't be going into that house alone. We drove over this morning just after breakfast. There was no way I was going out that night. When we pulled into the driveway, my stomach began doing somersaults. Her car wasn't there, but I still didn't let my guard down. Front door was ajar, and for a split second, I thought we'd seen her eyes staring through the gap. I was shaking and starting to sweat. Chris, however, was fine. He waited for me to open the door, his hands in his pockets like he was going to, to the stroll in the park. I envied his ignorance. I pushed the door open, was immediately hit with a stench of rot. Ooh. Chris smelled it too, and he walked into the house behind me with his nose scrunched up. What do you guys use to clean the floors around here? Shit. <laughs> Chris mumbled. <laughs> Shut up, I said. My eyes darting around for sights of Lynn. The house was deadly quiet and dark despite being ten in the morning. All of the curtains were closed up tight, refusing to allow my sunlight inside. Any sunlight inside. If I hadn't left it out two days prior, I thought the house had been abandoned. We moved through each room, carefully check checking the place that she might hide, occasionally calling her name. Why the fuck are you looking under the couch? Chris asked eventually. Aren't we looking for your wife? Wife? He was looking at me as uh, I was a moron. Let's go upstairs, I whispered. She <laughs> shook his head, but followed me upstairs, up to the stairs, and checked the bathroom and spare bedroom. On the way up to my, on the way up, my shoes scrunched crunched over pieces of glass that looked to be littered over a few steps. I noticed that one of Lynn and my wedding portraits that hung on the wall along the staircase had been smashed. The frame hung crookedly, all the glass removed. I stared at the picture, a lump forming in my throat. We had taken the photo just after, after leaving the church, after saying our vows. She looked so beautiful in her white gown, I looked at Lynn's beautiful face. I never dreamed her face would ever be a source of terror for me. When we climbed the rest of the steps and checked the spare bedroom, it looked completely untouched. I was hesitant to go to the bathroom, my fear from that night coming back to me all at once. Chris noticed and offered me to go in by himself, but I couldn't let him do that. So we walked in together, checking the closet and the shower. The bathroom looked as if it hadn't been touched since the night I left. I don't think she's here, Ben. Why don't you pack some clothes and we'll try coming back tomorrow or something? 
Chris said. I nodded, went to our bedroom, and shoved some clothes into a duffel bag. When I checked inside our closet, I came across the source of the smell and gagged. See, I haven't got to any of these parts, so this is all surprising. Yeah. Chris took one look and lost all the color in his face. He had to go stand by the stairs to get away from the sight and smell. I gazed down in shock at what lay inside my bedroom closet. Soaking into the rug were at least a pair of dozen eyeballs. Uh, where was I? Okay, I gazed down in shock at what lay inside my bedroom closet. Soaking into the rug were at least a pair of... Wait, well. <laughs> were at least a dozen eyeballs. Ugh. All carefully laid out in pairs. Some were as large as a quarter, while others were as tiny as a marble. Jeez. I, I stared down at the eyes she collected from small animals, and I wondered how she'd gotten it, and shuddered at the thought. Man, I thought it had, I had it bad with Becca's shoe addiction, but fuck me. Your <laughs> wife's in here collecting eyeballs, Chris said, gagging. Ben, I think we should go. He called from the hall. I'm getting nauseous. All right. I grabbed my duffel and shut the closet door on my new nightmare. I stepped out into the hall and took a deep breath of air. I could taste the rot in my tongue, and I couldn't help but gag. Who the fuck lines up eyeballs in her closet like that? Chris mumbled. I tried to tell you she needed help, I said. She doesn't need help, Ben. She needs a fucking exorcist, he said. <laughs> you coming or what? I can't stand the sm smell of any... His words died in his throat, and his eyes grew wide with fear. I didn't ask him why I could feel it. Someone was watching me, and I didn't think it was his eyes in the closet. Or I didn't think it was his eyes in the closet. I turned around, my eyes slowly scanning the bedroom. Christ! Or no, Christ. I whispered, as finally... Uh... As I finally saw what we had missed. Under the bed, curled on her side, watching us with excitement of a kid on Christmas morning, was my wife. Oh, she Jesus. held her hands <laughs> she held her hands together just under her chin, and they were shaking eagerly. Now that she knew she'd be found she'd been found, I could hear the quiet noises she was making. A sort of hiccuping sound in her throat as if the excitement was just too much for her. It was unnerving, to say at least, wide eyes and that same huge smile. Everything in me told me to run, but I forced it away. This was my wife. No matter how twisted, she was still the woman I married. I had to help her. Lynn, I said softly. She didn't respond, but her head bobbed back and forth in two quick little movements as if she was nodding. Baby, I just wanna Baby, I just wanna help, okay? Can you can you let me do that? I asked I hadn't taken a single step forward, approaching her like some kind of dangerous animal. I love you, Lynn, I said softly. Taking another step closer. She let a tiny moan escape her wide open mouth, and I had to resist the urge to run. Her shoulders were starting to quiver, and her eyes grew as large as saucers. I crouched down so I could see her better, and immediately saw the blood. 
Her hands were covered in it. They trembled more the closer I got, as if she was barely able to contain herself. Lynn, are you hurt? You're bleeding, I said. She bobbed her head again, her bloody fingers moving up and down as though they were playing the invisible piano. They slowly, they occasionally grazed her chin, leaving smears of blood on her skin. I wanted to recoil in disgust. The smell that was coming off of her was revolting. I could feel the vomit trying to climb up my throat. Her lips were dry and stretched thin, blood seeping between the cracks. I knew she wouldn't come out on her own, but I didn't want to leave her in the state that she was in. I scooted closer and reached out to her. The excited hiccuping sounds got louder and her hands shook, fingers flexing. It was then I could see the blood oozing from the in between her fingers. Hmm. Oh my god, Lynn, you're bleeding, I said. Instinctively, I reached out to take her hand, but before I could even touch her, her hand sprang out towards me. A sharp pain shot through my arm, and I fell back on my ass. My arm burned, and I could see the blood dripping down onto the carpet. I looked back at her in shock and saw her grinning madly, her fingers clutching a large shard of glass. You all right in there? Chris asked from behind me. I turned my head slightly and nodded to him, creating my arm to my chest. When I turned back to face Lynn, I saw that her focus had shifted. She wasn't looking at me anymore, and she wasn't smiling anymore either. Uh She was staring past me, her eyes staring at Chris. The way a hungry lion might stare at an antelope. Her mouth was still hanging open, but, but twisted into a snarl. I got to my feet and began walking backwards down the hall, afraid to take my eyes off of her. Are you bleeding? Chris asked. The moment the words left his mouth, Lynn started fast scooting out from under the bed, the last shard still in her fist. (laughs) Chris, run! Go! I yelled. He must have been too afraid to move because a second later I felt my back bump into him. He was still standing on top of the stairs, staring at the horror that was my wife. Lynn had crawled completely out from under the bed and stood in the bedroom doorway, her face twisted in rage. Her whole body was visibly tense. Blood ran down her fingers and onto the floor. Jesus, Lynn, Chris said. You, uh, playing hide-and-seek? I reached back and pushed him towards the steps. Move your ass, Chris, I said. Oh, move your ass, Chris, as I said quietly but firmly as I could. Lynn bobbed her head in fast, sharp moment, fast, sharp motions, and began to grin, stretching her mouth open wider and wider that her chin seemed to touch her chest. I heard Chris mutter a prayer, and then he was running down the stairs. I stood at the top of the steps, stuck between the love for a woman who clearly needed seriously help and self-preservation. I only want to help, I said. Choking back tears, her eyes focused on me once again as she slowly lifted the glass, holding it in front of her, and she started sprinting towards me, grinning with utter excitement. Thankfully, my body took over and I flew down the stairs, skipping two or three at a time. I made it to the front door before I felt her leap onto my back, wrapping her arms around my neck, her open mouth next to my ears so that I could hear those terrible 
hiccuping sounds up close. I shook her off me, knocking her to the floor. I felt her a searing pain in my back as she, she went, but I tore open the front door and bolted to my car. Chris was standing in the front yard, talking on the phone with the police. I didn't say a word. I just ran to my car and jumped in. Chris took the hint and followed me, still on the line with 911. I watched the rearview mirror. Sure, I'd see her there, running after us, but I never did. I went straight to the ER and got 11 stitches in my arm and three on my back. <laughs> the police asked a lot of questions and went back to the house to do a search, but of course, Lynn wasn't there. We're almost there. They advised me to stay with a friend, a relative, for a while to, to file a restraining order as soon as I could, but none of those things would matter. Somehow, I just knew. I dropped Chris off at home and went to a motel an hour away. I wanted to put as much distance between me and Lynn as I could. This is where I had been for the last four hours. I thought maybe the police would find her. Maybe they'd get her the help she desperately needs. But now I don't think so. Because 40 minutes ago, I just got a text from an unknown number. Just three words. I found you. Uh-oh. And a picture attached. The picture was dark and grainy, but I instantly knew what it was. There was no mistaking my wife's eye. I started typing this out immediately after. I don't know what to do. I'm alone and scared, and I can't help but feel I am being watched. That was freaky. Um, yeah. <laughs> that last bit was very, like, Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, it got very evil yeah. dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Eldefint says the scariest line by far was maybe I've just gotten better at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oof. Spookito says, oof. The mental image of Lynn's face that my mind conjured up. Not loving that. <laughs> uh This <laughs> Dirt Mother says, I literally could not picture anything but the obsessive girlfriend meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes it a little better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think what's what's great about that one, there's never like an explanation. But apparently yeah. this is a whole series. This is the first one. Oh. Um, huh. but yeah, very spooky. I'll have to read some of the, uh, yeah. the, the sequels. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel that reading that, I just got that sense, uh, that six, uh, feeling in my stomach. Yeah. Which, don't like it. And also drinking, but hungry, Man, I'm hungry. Maybe that's <laughs> what I'm feeling. Yeah. There's nothing worse than being scared and hungry. See, see, I ate before before we recorded the episode. So, uh, smart, smart. I'm, I'm scared on a on a full stomach. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we're. I don't think we really have time for another for another one here. Uh, you think we're good? Unless you have any short ones or. Let me see. Oh, we're going over time. 
got one more here that's not too long. All right. Let's go. I've not I've not read it. But this is called The Thing in the Fields. Um When I was young, I lived on a farm in rural Oregon with my parents. I was the only child. We weren't a big commercial farm, just a family type thing. We had five cows, three horses, and a small herd of goats. Two dogs, one chicken coop. We also had some Indian runner ducks, and we mostly kept as pets. We didn't really make any money off the place, just enough to sustain the animals and a little extra for ourselves. Money enough to take a decent vacation every couple years. Dad had his other job in town as an insurance agent. He was the only one around, really. The town wasn't more than 1,500 people. Mom gave horse riding lessons as well. We weren't rich, but we were comfortable. Um, if you have three horses, that's... Like, <laughs> Pretty we well off. We weren't rich, but comfortable. Uh, yeah, the horses are freaking expensive to, to own. <laughs> Uh, these days it was a really easy life or at least it could have been a lot worse I went to school, dad went to work mom took care of the animals and then we all had dinner together every night and I would go to bed while mom and dad had a beer or two and watched the news sometimes at night I would hear things outside mostly just normal stuff the cows or the horses would get spooked by a coyote or something or I could hear the dogs chasing a rabbit barking their heads off Every once in a while, we would find a chicken dead. Dad would always tell me about it, but never let me see the body, although I asked frequently. He would keep Mom and, and, and I inside until he had gone out, did whatever he did with the body, throwing sawdust over any blood, and then life would go on as normal. I assumed it was foxes, as I had seen a couple of them out in the pasture over the years, slinking around back and forth through the grass. The summer when I was 10 years old, I remember helping mom change the bedding in the horse stalls when we heard a huge racket going on outside. If you've never heard the sounds of a horse in pain, you don't want to, trust me. It sounded more like yeah. a person screaming. Well, that's what we heard. And one of our horses, the uh, Palomino. Horses? Horses. What? I heard horses. Oh, one of the horses. The Palomino came running into the barn with a wound on its left thigh. Four long marks, like claw marks, ran across its body about a foot. Ooh. It had blood running down its leg, and it was limping. I was so scared by the sight of that much blood that Mom locked the horse in the stall and made me go inside with one of the dogs. She told me to lock the door and stay inside until she came in to get me. I did. Eventually, Mom came inside and told me the horse had hurt itself on the barbed wire that ran the perimeter of the pasture. We owned that land. We owned the land far beyond that, but it was most for, mostly forested. I guess I believed her at the time, but at dinner that night, I noticed Dad was being particularly quiet, and Mom was talking about a lot more than she normal di normally did. She was being really animated, and I noticed that had, Dad had gotten his rifle out and set it by the back door. Usually, he only did that when the coyotes had been acting up. That night, I went to bed as normal, but I had trouble sleeping. 
I turned on my desk lamp and decided to read a comic book until I got tired. I have a very vivid memory of reading Uncanny X-Men and hearing the back door open. Looking out, I could see my dad by the porch light, lighting a cigarette. Good choice. Holding his rifle under his arm. Yes. Good choice on the Uncanny uncanny X-Men. Oh, yeah. He started walking over to the driveway and then turned to follow the fence line. I couldn't sleep until I knew that Dad was back safe. I kept coming downstairs with an excuse of getting water to see if Dad was back in the house yet, and each time all I saw was my was Mom sitting on the couch in the living room, staring at a blank TV screen, looking worried, sighing occasionally. Eventually... About four in the morning, I think, Dad did come back. And I was so tired and relieved that I fell asleep as soon as he was home. He never told me what he did that night, but I never thought to ask. Two months later, I was back in school. So Dad had to go out to the barn and shoot something. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It rains a lot in Oregon in the fall, and this day was no different. All I could hear from my bedroom was... The rain hitting the ground and the aluminum roof of the chicken coop. There was lightning and thunder in the distance, but it was slowly getting closer. I thought I had heard a couple, a coyote yapping out in the garage, or it could have been one of the dogs. I looked out, straining my eyes to see whatever that may have been. In a brief and distant lightning flash, I saw something. It looked almost like a person, but hunched over and with a long torso. It was tall. Taller than Dad, who was a good six foot four at least. I had barely caught a glimpse of it on the near side of the garage when the light faded and I didn't see it again that night. There was another dead chicken the next morning. Bigfoot? Uh, maybe. Uh, the third, the, another dead chicken the next morning. The third in just as many weeks. I had told Dad what I saw the previous night. The color went out of his cheeks momentarily until he told me that the storm had been playing tricks on me. I accepted that. Four months after we lost the, after that, we lost a cow. It was in the middle of the night. And we all woke up to the, at the same time. There was a lot of noise in the pasture, but only briefly. The cry of a dying animal and a primitive guttural yell that I had never heard before. Dad rushed up to my room. I could hear him running up the stairs to my room. He had a rifle in his hand and opened my door. He saw I was awake and told me to stay inside no matter what and to try to go back to sleep. Damn right, Dad. Yeah. Go get him, Dad. <laughs> go get him. <laughs> I I don't think I have to say that sleep wasn't really an option any longer. But I did stay in my room with a blanket held tight around my shoulders and staring out the window. Probably another 10 minutes later, I heard gunshots in the field. I don't know what he was shooting at. Well, the whether it was whatever he had attacked the cow or the cow itself, trying to put the animal out of its misery. Dad rarely, if ever, talked about that night. Later I found out he had gotten he had gotten to the cow only to find it ripped open on the ground, bleeding out from its torso. The shots I heard were him shooting the cow in the head. It kept going like that for years. A chicken or a duck here and there, sometimes bigger, but only very rarely. It sounds absurd, but I almost came to think of it as a commonplace. Dad has to ever... go shoot something out in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> back of the barn. Take it to the back of the barn. Shoot it. 
I only ever caught glimpses of the thing until what comes, until what comes next. It terrified uh -oh. me. It happened in the middle of the day, over the course of a long weekend when my parents had gone to Seattle to see my uncle, who was ill. It was on a Saturday afternoon. I was 17 years old. I was out in the barn putting food in the for putting out food for the horses and the dogs. The horses were running around in the pasture and the dogs were asleep in the corner of one of the horse stalls. I heard something rustling in the tall grass outside the pasture. The dogs looked around in a little bit but didn't seem to mind. I assumed it was just one of the horses waiting for me to leave so they could eat. I kept going about what I was doing and in several minutes I thought I heard breathing. I turned to look and it was standing in the door. Tall as hell, even hunched over. The sun was streaming behind it, lighting, all, lighting up all the dust in the air around it like some sort of sickly halo. It was looking at me, considering me. Maybe it was trying to decide whether or not I was a food. I remember sweating, turning and running as fast as I could for the house, not even thinking. Panic causing my legs to move. It was behind me, but not even breathing hard. I could hear its feet hitting the ground in a constant rhythm. I got to the house, opened the door, and slammed it behind me and locked it as fast as I could. I tore through the house, locking every door and drawing the blinds at every window. I could hear it snarling outside the back door. The dogs were barking, but they wouldn't try to attack the thing. It was too big and they knew it. It roared and the dogs ran off, probably to hide in the pasture. I went to my parents' bedroom and got dad's rifle. I loaded up set up a chair in the living room facing the back door and waited. It started prowling around the house. I could Get hear em. its feet crunching on the gravel of the driveway and the wooden planks of the back deck. It kept walking back and forth. I thought I was about I thought about trying to look through a window to see it, but I was too scared. Eventually, after hours of hoping it would go away, the sun went down. I turned on all the outside lights and went up to my room, opened up my window with one hands hoping I'd be able to pick off the thing from above. I saw it lurking just below the glow of the porch light. It had long, long sinewy arms and walked on bent knee. It was, uh -oh. it was by the chicken coop. Then it disappeared from view. I heard chickens squawking and screeching. The thing reappeared with a dead bloody chicken in its hands. It bit off one of the wings with its jaws. That Sounds was like dripping. a rake situation. Yeah. It bit off one of the wings with jaws that were dripping with slime and drool and let the bird drop to the ground at its feet. Then it looked at me. Its eyes made contact with mine. It turned away again, back to the chickens. It came back with another bird, mutilated it in front of me, and dropped it. It went Ooh. back again and again. I should have taken a shot at it, but I was astounded and confused trying to figure out what it was doing. Then it hit me. It was a show of power. It was showing me that it was stronger yep. than me and that it could do whatever it wanted to because I couldn't stop it. You have a gun. It doesn't yeah. have a gun. <laughs> True. <laughs> but in typical horror story style, gun probably wouldn't do much. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I felt powerless and sickened. Powerless because it was saying what it was saying was true. What is it saying? <laughs> it was saying, hey, <laughs> you. <laughs> I've been trying to read you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> 
side side note side note uh before i continue the story yeah there is a random encounter in starfield where you'll encounter a spaceship that will hail you and say we've been trying to reach you about your spaceship extended extended no way <laughs> it's great <laughs> still gotta get that game I, the new <laughs> assassin's creed is out and i'm contemplating whether i should waste my money on it that looks fun i just i it it looks good i just don't know if i need to spend the money it looks right like now. back to basics yeah i just don't know if i want to spend the money like right now right or, or wait a month or something like that yeah um, i have plenty of games to play um, yeah i'm gonna sing powerless because what it was saying was true if it was just that the thing in me just that thing in me i wouldn't stand a chance Sickened, I because I realized what kind of intelligence it would need to be able to convey that message. The thought shook me out of my stupor, and I remembered the rifle at my side. It was heading back to the chickens, and I decided that when it came back my way, I would take my shot. It strode back to the porch, almost arrogant, walking on bended knee with those arms so long that the chicken was nearly dragging on the ground. I raised my rif the rifle up to my eye and tried to steady myself. My heart was beating so hard I could see the rifle sh uh, shaking ever so slightly in rhythm with each heartbeat. I could hear uh, in rhythm with each heartbeat I could hear pounding in my own ears. It, was, it raised the body to its mouth and just as it was about to put the chicken's head inside I squeezed the trigger. The crack of the gun echoed in the now shattered a shattered quiet of the nighttime standoff, and I heard it howl, a painful, loud, startled howl. I had hit it on the outside of the shoulder. It ran off into the night. I never saw it again. It was still out there, though. Still killed chickens and other things. Other things. More often than before. I'm writing all of this now because my parents died three weeks ago. They were killed in a collision with a drunk driver. He survived. Damn. They left me the farm, and I intend to live here with my own family. I'm 32 now, and I work for Oregon Fish and Game in the, an Oregon Fish and Game office in Salem. I married a wonderful woman named Stephanie. We have one son, Zachary, who is four years old. We are expecting a daughter in four months. I've come to the farmhouse alone today. I told Steph I just wanted to some time with my parents' house to deal with some emotions. She was very understanding. That's I've nice. come back to claim what was rightfully mine. I have my dad's rifle you next to me. On the, yeah. I have my dad's rifle next to me on the table, and it's almost dusk. I've also brought several portable uh, halogen lights to set up around the house and my own shotgun. I'm borrowing a handgun from Joe, a guy at Fishing Game who I work with. When I'm done typing this account of my memories... I will print it out, leaving a, leave it on the dining room table along with my writing ring and the key to my safe deposit box where my will is kept. Everything is loaded and ready. Hopefully I will return to collect these things and nobody will ever know I wrote this. You posted it. Yeah. So, or somebody <laughs> posted it. Steph, in the event that you are unfortunate soul to find this, which I'm terrified. Posted on Reddit. <laughs> posted on Reddit. Uh, on r slash no sleep. Oh, which I'm terrified to think seems a likely outcome. The thought of having, if you having to go on alone hurts me more than any, anything in this world can ever can. I know that you love, know that I love you more than anything, and I can hope you understand why I'm doing this to keep you safe. 
Zachary, I love you and can only hope you grow up to be a good, kind-hearted, strong man like your grandfather was. To my unborn daughter, if I don't live long enough to meet you, it will be the single greatest regret of my life. Tell the police, tell Fish and Game, call Joe. He's one of the few people who knows about this. Make this situation known. Eventually, someone will kill it, even if it isn't me. Goodbye for now. And that's it? That's it. So maybe he survived and he posted this, but I feel like if he survived and posted this, he'd be like, yeah, I killed it. Yeah. I feel like this, he probably died. Cool. So maybe his <laughs> wife posted this. Yeah. Or his son or his unborn daughter or maybe, maybe, just maybe, Colton. He wrote this just to be a spooky story. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that one, though. It, it, that doesn't sit right with me. Um, yeah. That was pretty good. Yep. They had me. They good had shit. Me. Yeah. Some good stories tonight. Yeah. Um, that's all I have. I, yep. I mean, I do have other stories, but to be honest with you guys, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um. We will uh, see you next week. Uh, leave us leave us a rating or review on your podcast streamer of choice. Um, check out Morning Oddities. It's on Spotify and other things. I think it's on Apple's podcast now. Um, and check out our link tree for everything else. Check us out at Odd Drunk Pod on Instagram, and get ready. For even more spooky episodes, we got for the rest of October more Spooktober episodes. Oh yeah, uh, got some good stuff coming up. And if you want any more spooky content, we got plenty of stuff in our catalog that you could consider spooky. And all our other Spooktobers, we have three other Spooktobers. Yeah. If you don't yeah. count this. And um, so, yeah, plenty of spooky stuff there. Um, yeah, I'd recommend our Mandela catalog episodes. I'd recommend our Creepy Pasta episode, any of our Spooktober stuff. A lot of good spooky stuff there. Um, and if you're not into spooky stuff, well, we have plenty of other kinds of episodes. <laughs> A lot of different <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Uh, anyways. See you next week. Keep it. Uh, watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, look out for the bed bugs and whatever they say, and don't don't go out at night. Don't whistle at night. Better not whistle at night. If you whistle at night, you're dead already. <laughs> I don't know. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To visit all of our current streaming and social media platforms, visit the link tree in the description. If you enjoy the show, we would be appreciated it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Odd Drunk Podcast would like to remind you to drink responsibly and not to drink and drive.